You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. Everybody and welcome to the Paranormal Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Thomas. Thank you all for joining us today, and I hope you guys are doing great out there. And a special thank you to everyone out there who's been spreading the word about the Paranormal Portal. Thank you guys for helping more people become aware of the shows. And thank you to all of you who will do that yet. I uh, hope uh, it really means the world. We've been always perpetuated by word of mouth, and uh, we haven't ever advertised the show. And the growth of the show is thanks all to you guys out there. So thank you so much for your contributions. Uh, I got a great show lined up for you guys today. I've got Mike from Bigfoot's Wilderness joining me on the show today, and he's got a website, bigfootswilderness.com. It's a great, uh, great site for lots of information. And Mike also has a podcast, Bigfoot's Wilderness. Uh, if you'd like to check him out and follow up with what he's doing out there, it's some great stuff, guys. So I'd really encourage it. And uh, we're going to have a great discussion. So I hope you guys are ready. This one's going to be good. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks for having me on, Brent. I really appreciate you, you know, making this happen for us because, uh, you know, I, I I really do go out there and, and try to look and find people that are involved in the community. And, and uh, certainly your efforts uh, have, have been noted. And what you're doing, I think, is really powerful in giving people a format and a place to talk about what they've experienced. Uh, and then, you know, recording it and, and, and making it available for other people. Uh, I think that that really emboldens a lot of other people to come forward with their stuff. So uh, my hat's off to you, first of all. It's a, a wonderful job you're doing over there. Well, thank you. Um, the website was really uh, a very difficult thing for me to do because uh, I'm not that technically savvy, and I had to have a good friend of mine jump in there and uh, kind of set it up for me. And, and since then, I've been uh, posting as many encounter stories as I can. I've still got a stack, but um, what I – my my preferred method is, is, um, I share it on my podcast. And then after I share it on my podcast, I then put it in print on the website. So they go up, you know, once a week, a new encounter story will go up. 
And, uh, and then it keeps it fresh for people to see. Some people would prefer to read it than listen. So kind of serves two purposes. Yeah, that's really cool. And, you know, I've got to ask you, um, you know, having a show myself, obviously, um, when you first were getting started, did you find that it was, uh, well, first of all, was it your plan to do a, a site of people's encounters? And how did you perpetuate that? It's it's a little bit of a long story. I'll try to make it as interesting as possible. Okay. <laughs> so uh, back in the early 2000s, um, I had uh, a, a username and I was on something called North American Bigfoot Forums. I don't know if you remember that. It's a long time ago. It's familiar. I, I can't say I knew it, but I, I think I heard of it. It might even still be available. I don't know. I haven't been on it in years. But um, so yeah, it was early 2000s and, and people were very open. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of attacking as I see these days. Uh, the Bigfoot community can be a little, you know, <laughs> treacherous at times, depending on what, what you share. People yeah. that sometimes think things are too unbelievable. So they attack. Sure. And, um, <clears throat> anyway, I, I, uh, I made friends with a bunch of people. Uh, I, actually one of them, uh, you probably still know is Duke. Uh, I believe he's a uh, world Bigfoot radio. Is oh, that Duke his? Sullivan? Yeah. Yep. Is that right? Yep. Uh, there were several, um, and, and no one had any problem sharing and you could ask questions back and forth. And, um, I just, I just hit the print button and I was, I can't, you know, cause I, I said, you know, can I, can I have this or not? Can I have this story, but sure. can I, you know, can I keep this story? Can I read this story? Can I document your information? And, and they were all like, yeah, what, 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 what can you do with it? Mm -hmm. Well, right. it never, never even occurred to me to do anything with it. Oh. So I just sat on it and I, you know, just like, like you pull out your favorite book and you just thumb through and, and I've been getting stories and stories and stories for years, um, from, from people who, you know, wanted to share with me. Um, I've gone through a couple of different email addresses and, and we, you know, just tried to stay in contact and, and then something called YouTube came around. Mm, yeah. At, I think it was two, 2008. Okay. And, and, uh, it still didn't occur to me to do anything with it, um, I didn't really get the concept of what I was supposed to do with these things, but I would, I loved YouTube, but it never occurred to me to do something with it. Mm -hmm. Well, several years after that, um, was listening to a guy who has a, a YouTube channel and still has it called PacWest Bigfoot. Oh, sure. Um, his name is David Boozer. Great guy. Um, I, he had posted something about, let me know what type of guest you'd like to hear. So, you know, me just being a, a fan, I'm like, hey, you should have this guy. You should have that guy, uh, you know, read your story. Mm -hmm. And he just responded back and said, well, why don't you read it? <laughs> and I was like, I don't read your story. <clears throat> I'm not sure I understand. He's like, I'll give you the story. You read it and send it back to me. <laughs> and it like, you know, like the light bulb went off like, oh, my God. I think I understand what I want to do. Uh huh. Yeah. So, so I, I read his story and apparently the, whatever the file I used was, was a little cruddy, but you know, it got like 15,000 views or something. I'm like, holy crap. Like people right. listened to it and it wasn't the host doing it. <laughs> so then Dave just kind of encouraged me. He's like, you should, you should do that again. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I, you know, cause I kind of gave him my background and he's like, oh, he's like, this is like, this was meant for you. Right. So I started 
started up something called Blue Ridge Bigfoot because a lot of my stories were, you know, like uh, Mid Atlantic, um, you know, Appalachian Trail, mm-hmm. Blue Ridge Mountains. Um, you know, I had some from Ohio and um, South Carolina. You know, just just kind of that Appalachian Trail, mostly East Coast area, <clears throat> and the name just seemed kind of to kind of fit. Well, I didn't keep the name that long, and I did change it to Bigfoot's Wilderness, but it was a real interesting. Uh, it's been a real interesting journey so far. Oh yeah, it's it's fantastic. And you know, when I first started the portal, I I thought, you know, I'm going to do a I'm going to sh- do a show and and it's it, this is long before I started the podcast. I just had an internet uh, radio and uh YouTube show and I was like, this is what I want. There's going to be people that are just going to call in and share their stories and stuff and, and you know, I, that was my big vision and I thought, well, all you got to do is basically turn on the lights and and people show up and they want to share and then <laughs> That didn't work out exactly how I had it in mind, but uh, I, I think that it is self-perpetuating, though, that uh, when people hear somebody's story, then they become more emboldened and, and become more empowered to share their own. And I think that that's really, really a cool uh, phenomena. It, it is. I, I, uh, I will say I, I, I do my due diligence, or I sure try like heck to. I've had <clears throat> many people that have sent me stories that are just totally incomplete and I'll go back and forth with them on email. I've, I've, it's, I've gone over a year in correspondence with people just because, <clears throat> excuse me, I just want to give the, the, the listener the whole story right? and, and not, not put it too much into story mode. Although I, I do a story mode concept, kind of like a campfire story, mm-hmm. you know, kind of give a, make, make it a story, not just like, a you know, the time was 1972. Oh, you sure. Know, the location was, you know, Cincinnati, Ohio, you know, mm-hmm. you know it was Mabel street. Now I don't like to, uh, break it down into an eyewitness report like that. I want to put a story behind it, but I wanted to stay as factual as possible. You know, I want to give everybody uh, a good experience when they're listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and I think that's powerful too, because, uh, you know, the conversational quality of it, I think is, is real easy and relaxing rather than a, a sterile framework report. You know, those are not nearly as engaging. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. I'm really not, uh, necessarily looking for, uh, you know, a world record on how many people download my show or anything like that. I'm, sure. I'm, I'd like to give a quality show, mm-hmm. uh, a quality podcast so that, um, people can relate to it. And it's, it's these people that have these encounters, they're, they're just normal people. They're, they're nobody special. Right. Yeah. And they'll be the first ones to tell you that. Well, I don't know why me, but this is what happened. Um, you know, I got to ask you, Mike, how did, how did, how did it become Bigfoot for you? Was there any catalyzing event in your past that uh, made, gave you this fascination, or was it just uh, you liked the topic and decided to pursue it? Well, uh, I guess the best way to start that off is I'm 54. Mm-hmm. So what that says is uh, I was born a year before Patty mm-hmm. uh, arrived on the scene. Sure. <laughs> and I was sitting um, in my grandmother's house on a Sunday, staring at the TV, you know, being my own remote control. <laughs> <clears throat> and I was, uh, I was, um, you know, watching in search of, and, you know, I watched the Patty clip numerous times Sure. and it was fascinating. So it was the Loch Ness monster. And, and so was, you know, Noah's Ark and lots of other things that, uh, that would pop up on the scene, but, but Patty kind of stuck with me and it was fascinating. And 
I think it kind of went in and out of my life for years. And then, you know, I don't know, one day I just, you know, did a search for Bigfoot and found the forums and I guess, you know, it kind of became a little bit more real. You know, I liked, Mm -hmm. um, I liked reading all the stories. I liked interacting with the people. It was very anonymous, you know, they didn't know who I was. I didn't know who they were, but they brought forth a lot of information and, and, and enlightened me on things I had no clue about. I mean, these people were experts before they're, well, I shouldn't say experts. Nobody's an expert. Sure. These people knew a lot more than I did. <laughs> <How's> that? <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think you're right. Um, you know, I got to tell you for me, the, the, and uh, I'm, I'm not too far behind you as far as age is concerned, but, uh, I remember watching in search of, and I remember, uh, you know, Leonard Nimoy talking about Bigfoot and I remember Bigfoot was in the Pacific Northwest, but then I found out he wasn't, <laughs> he was more than just there. And that to me, I think kind of hit me like a ton of bricks because it suddenly came from this very isolated regional, uh, phenomena to this widespread international uh, global phenomena. And I, I you know, I, I I got to tell you, it's like the world changed in that moment when it was just in the Pacific Northwest, it was kind of their problem. You know, it was like, wow, that's really bizarre, but geez, that's a long ways away. And, uh, you know, I had what I believe is an experience when I was 14 and then it became my problem. (laughs) You know, at the time I didn't know. And I carried that for years and years and years. I just had this profoundly deep growling behind me and it was vibrating my body. And, and and I grew up in the, in the South, Southeastern corner of Minnesota and there's nothing there but white-tailed deer as far as larger animals and whatever made that noise man it just I was terrified whatever made that noise I was sure was going to kill me and I carried that for years not knowing and then when I started looking into Bigfoot and you know all of the things people were saying like oh they're here they're here they're here suddenly it was like boom you know I had a I had an association for this terrifying noise that made sense. And I went back up into those woods as an adult where it happened. And I started to see things like structures and, and some tree breaks and things like that, that I couldn't explain. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, this is, (laughs) this is all of our problem, you know? And, and I don't mean to suggest that these are some incredibly destructive, uh, horrible things for the most part, they seem uh, surprisingly benign. But just the idea that they are as widespread, and uh, you know, in all of our all of our uh, uh, areas, to me was just a shocker. Well, um, you know, I uh, I shared it on my channel on my uh, podcast that about my experience, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I I really did not believe what I saw, what I heard, what I uh, what I felt. I, I, I know it kind of sounds silly here. I am telling you that I collect stories mm-hmm. from people and share them. And I, I had a 100% doubt in my own story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was just, it was almost like it was like I was being pranked to, to, okay. to use that word. Sure. Uh, and if you, if you, uh, if you ever have a, a situation where, you know, I don't want to say there was any trauma there. It was really only me that was getting clued in. My family was all around me. They were oblivious and I was the only one that was figuring it out. So that even gave me more doubt because they weren't noticing it. Oh, can you, can you tell us what happened? 
so we're coming up on almost two years from when it happened. Mm. And um, I, I remember it so perfectly well because it was the either the night of or the day after uh, of the movie Avengers Endgame that mm-hmm. came out. Sure. And we we were taking a little of a little spring break with the family, and uh, my wife had uh, reserved like a like a uh, Airbnb, like a little cabin. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't even know where it was. I had no clue where it was happening. I was I was too involved in work, and, and things were really busy. And I was just going to kind of squeeze this in, you know, between the busy time. Mm-hmm. And um. You know, we we got in the car and we drove there. <clears throat> I had no clue uh, whether it was in Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland. I, you know, we just she just, you know, she just drove us there. <laughs> and uh, I won't mention the 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 location just because uh, the person that owns the land has built several other uh, cabins on it. It's his income. Oh, okay. so I I definitely wouldn't want to. Uh, upset him, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but but I will say it did happen in Greene County, Virginia, which is just north of Charlottesville. Okay, uh, Virginia, which is where uh, UVA is, and um, this this is this is you know kind of over a mountain, and we pulled up and we actually drove right past uh, the entrance. We you go about a mile back into the woods, mm-hmm. and the entrance was brand new they they literally bulldozed a road into it so we're taking our little suv you know down the narrow dirt path to the back and it was pretty neat it was very you know very uh very pretty and so that uh that afternoon when we arrived uh my son and i there was a stream a pretty large stream right near the cabin and we walked down to the stream and we were tossing rocks in the water and listening to the sound of the, of the, of the, of the, uh, of the stream. And I look down, um, we're standing on like a landing by the water and I, I look down and there's a footprint. Okay, everybody. I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away and we'll be right back with more of the paranormal portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Hey guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in and it's a 
fairly big footprint. It's about 11 inches mm-hmm. and it's wider than my foot. I wear a size 16, so it wasn't longer, but it was wider. Oh. <clears throat> and I looked down at it and I'm like, oh, come on, this can't be. <laughs> There's just no way. Okay. And I, I took a little video of it <clears throat> and I posted it because I thought it was just absolutely fascinating. And a, a friend of mine, I was texting with her and telling her about it. And she was completely shocked as well. And the the footprint was so perfect that you could even see where the big toe had lifted and just made a small little divot as it stepped into the stream and it must have gone across the water. Oh, wow. And I, I still, oh, I was just like, this is, this is not possible now. Someone's playing a joke. I'm looking left and right, you know, trying to see if I hear or see anything. Mm. <clears throat> I do hear some mumbling, but again, I can't say for sure that it was anything because it was... It was across, whatever was mumbling was in front of me across the other side of the stream, but I couldn't see anything moving. I just heard something, but it could very well have been something to do with the, the noises of the stream. I don't know. Okay. But I, I, I walk, I walk off, I walk up and tell my wife and she's just, you know, looking at me like, what, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh-huh. And, I, and, and then later she's like, she says to me, I thought you said you made the footprint. I said, no, no, no. I saw a footprint. So anyway, I showed it to my son um, uh, before we left. And we walk back up to the cabin and he goes inside. Meanwhile, my hiking shoes are caked in mud. Mm-hmm. So I go to the back of the of the car and I hit the remote and the, the uh, trunk opens up <clears throat> and I go to take my shoes off. So when, when you hit the remote, there's all these beeping sounds coming out of the SUV as the, as the tailgate's lifting. Okay. And then all of a sudden, I hear what almost sounds like a gorilla going like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Like, I mean, numerous <laughs> times, really deep. I could feel it in my chest. Oh, God. And I'm, I'm looking in the direction of the noise. I'm staring straight at where I think I hear the noise. I'm not, and I'm saying to myself, if this thing, if this is what I think it is, I'm not going to antagonize it. I'm not going to hit a stick against a tree. I'm not going to yell back at it. I'm not going to throw a rock, but I am going to try to see if I can see where it's coming from. Okay. So I change my shoes real quick. Tailgate goes back down and I start to walk up the hill just a couple of steps. And I just, I, I, I guess I would say, I think I lost my nerve. Like, I don't know if I want to get that close if it's what I think it is. Right. But, it, but at the same time, I'm saying, is that really what I thought it was? Is that, you know, I'm doubting it again. Once again, mm-hmm. prank, prank, gotta be a prank. Can't be real. So that night <clears throat> uh, I go, I go back inside. I tell, I tell my wife, I actually look at my wife and my daughter and my son. And I'm like, are you guys like making funny noises in here? They're like, what are you talking about? We're playing a board game because there's, there's no internet. Sure. So they're, they're playing, <laughs> they're playing board games. Uh-huh. So I, I guess I participated in the, the board games and, and just kind of didn't think much about it for the time being that night we went to go see Avengers Endgame. Uh, so we went into Charlottesville, got home really late. <clears throat> it was probably 11, 1130, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. We're pulling up, you know, again on this little teeny weeny bulldoze trail and we, we pull in and the, the driveway is kind of behind the house. Well, you can imagine if you're a mile back in the woods, it's black, right? Pitch black. Right. Can't see a thing. So um, I think we all like put on our lights on our cell phone. 
So I, when we pull up, I just immediately started to feel like something was looking at us. I just got that overwhelming feeling that there's something like 10 feet away staring us down. Wow. The kids, I think, felt the same thing because they got out of the car and they ran as fast as they could to get into the cabin. Wow. (laughs) So I'm standing there next to my wife and she is like picking up trash, like, you know, like, oh, look, they they left their cups here. Oh, there's a wrapper on the floor. And she's like, you know, doing this whole thing. Like, and I'm like, let's get in the house. Let's get in the house. Let's get in the house. Like, I don't want to be out here, (laughs) but I'm not trying to tell her why. Okay. (laughs) So, so we eventually go in and I, I stay back and I let her go first and I wait at the bottom of the steps and I let her get in first. We go in and nothing happens. It's just this creepy feeling that just overcomes you. Yeah. So we go in, um, play some more games. I think we, we try to get the internet to work a little bit. You know, we have conversation and we make a snack and then we go to bed and, and it's one of these cabins. It's kind of like a, like a tiny house, I think it's called. So there's beds across the rafters from either side of you. So oh. it's kind of runs the length of the house. Okay. And, <clears throat> Uh, I'm up on the, on one side and I am, you know, I guess it's not the most comfortable sleep, but I, I sleep fairly well. Uh, I, I feel myself coming in and out of consciousness every now and then. And something wakes me up at three, about 3 AM. And it's like a really loud bark and it's one bark and it doesn't sound entirely like the bark of a dog. At least that's what in my head computed it was really loud. It was like a, a one really loud kind of a, just a, like a rah, like mm-hmm. it didn't sound like a dog, but it sounded like a bark. If that makes any sense. Sure. Like someone was imitating a bark. Uh huh. Kind of like, you know, I could do, or you could do. Right. And, and, and all of a sudden 3am couldn't go back to sleep. I'm just <laughs> listening for every single noise. Oh so didn't get a lot of sleep. <clears throat> Wake up in the morning, have breakfast. Um, I think we we're put, getting ready to put stuff away uh, into the car to, to, to leave. And I look out the front door. There's a, you know, panels of windows. And I look out the front door and I'm just looking at the stream, looking at the grass, looking at the hills. And about, I, I think I said it was probably 35 yards away, 30, 35 yards away. It's about 110, 120 feet or so. Mm-hmm. There's something sitting next to a tree staring right back at us. Oh, no. and, and, I, and I said to my wife, I said, like, do you see that? And she's like, yeah, I see it. I'm like, she's like, it's a log. I'm like, it's not a log. She's like, how do you know it's not a log? I said, well, funny thing. When we got here, I took a picture out the front door. So this was, you know, prior. Mm-hmm. There was no log there. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, and I, I pulled the picture up right in front of her and I said, look, here's the picture and here's what's out the front door. They don't match. They're not the same. Uh-huh. So she was, you know, genuinely curious for a second. And um, I would put a few bags in the car. I'd come back. Still there put a few more bags in the car, come back, still there. 
<clears throat> so then I told my son, like, he's got better eyes than I do. Like, what do you see? He's like, I don't know. It looks like, you know, it looks like something by, by the tree. My daughter, she's got better eyes than I do. What do you see? It doesn't, you know, it looks like something, but I can't tell for sure. My wife thinks the same thing. Uh-huh. So I, I finally just said, I said, look, I'm going to go walk down there. Or I think I'm going to try and walk down there. She's like, yeah, you should do that. Go walk down there. Go check it out. <laughs> S- supportive wife. <Yeah. clears throat> so I, I start to walk down there. And I just, again, I don't have anything on me. I've got like a small little handheld knife. That's all I have. Wow. And I don't have a gun. I don't have anything to protect myself. Sure. And that's kind of when the reality started to hit me that all of this wasn't staged or faked or pranked. Like this was all really happening. I heard the the gorilla sounds. Right. I felt something watching me. I saw the footprint. Um, and there was, there, there was nobody around. Like the, all this property was owned by this one guy. Um, there were no trespassing signs up. There were no hunting signs up there. There was no reason for anybody else to be there. Wow. And, and I, as we were getting ready to leave, <clears throat> I walked to the landing because there was a big landing with a fire pit. Mm-hmm. And I walk to the very edge and I look at it and it turns its head like you've seen a thousand <laughs> times in like a National Geographic show where the gorilla is looking and then just turns his head to the side and you see the big conical head. Oh, right? no. Wow. And then I, right then and there, I'm like, oh, geez. And I just I walk. I step back. Mm-hmm. And I tell my family exactly what I saw. And they're, you know, they're not me. So mm-hmm. they're, they're, if they didn't see it for themselves, they don't necessarily believe it. Sure. Wow. But that was, that was my experience. And I remember the feeling of exhaustion just completely disappeared. Like I, it was just pure adrenaline running, running through me yeah. from then on. Oh, <laughs> from man. the time we left that cabin to the time we, hit the McDonald's on the way home until we got, you know, all the way back to the house. And I just couldn't believe it. And so I, you know, wrote down my story Mm -hmm. and I think I posted it like the next week so that it was as fresh in my mind as possible. And I put it down. I even called my mom on the way home. I'm like, you, you know, I kind of talked to her a little bit about it, but you know, nobody, nobody believes anything unless they see that for themselves. And that, that's kind of the, the world of Bigfoot. Yeah, it really is. You're right. Okay, everybody. I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in so wow that was that's really an incredible experience and and now you being an enthusiast i I assume you've always had an open mind but it's just nothing compared to actually being in the presence of something like that huh yeah i I mean (sighs) I don't know why I had so much self-doubt. I, I don't know why I tried to take the high road on the whole thing. I, I'm not exactly sure. I, I I think in some way, you know, maybe just being a little dumb and ignorant sometimes, I just, I felt like 
someone was watching me. I felt like, is, is there someone behind that tree? Is there, you know, is some, is some, do I see somebody squatting down there? Like, is there, is it possible that someone's just playing a prank on me? Like I, I went into it with such a, a, a closed mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why I did that, but, but there really wasn't anybody there. As a matter of fact, it was late March. Um, leaves were starting to come up on the trees and, and, you know, there was foliage for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the, you know, there, there wasn't anybody out there. That whole area was, was, you know, sectioned off as private property. Um, you know, we were the only ones there at the time. There was only that one little tiny house cabin. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it, we were really isolated. There was no one else there. And man, I'll tell you, I, you know, I live, I live kind of in the city, um, and I, I, you know, I'm not used to pitch black, but it was <laughs> pitch black. Like, you know, when I was standing out at that car trying to get everybody in the house, it was, it was creepy because I'd heard the noises prior to that. I saw the print prior to that. It was sinking in that something was there. Sure. There, there wasn't anybody out there trying to prank me, but, but I was just being so ignorant about it. And, <laughs> and it's almost like a doctor that doesn't believe his own diagnosis. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I didn't understand why I was like that, but it, it all came to light after I saw it. It was almost like, you know, I, I need to see it to believe it. Sure. And there I got my wish and it was, it was big. But it, it wasn't much bigger than me. I'm six five. Okay. At the time, I was a little over two fifty. Uh-huh. Uh, I've lost weight since then. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but I I really um I was large larger and um it was easily my size or a little bit smaller. But um, I had a guy by the name of Michael Montoya. Um, he's on uh, Instagram. He's an artist. Mm-hmm. He drew what I saw. And um, it it looked an awful lot like a gorilla sitting on its butt with its feet in front of it and its arms kind of in front of itself. Maybe maybe it was kind of holding a leg and had one arm on the ground or holding it, you know, holding uh-huh. something in front of it. Right. It, it didn't look like there was any more than one. It wasn't like it was holding a baby or anything. Now, the, the, the print I saw was about 11 inches. So I don't know if, if someone out there would could determine what 11 inches would mean. Maybe it was five and a half, six feet, maybe. Wow. Okay. So it was, yeah, it was in your ballpark and, and could very well be like a juvenile or something, I guess, if I was to guess. But, um, you know, I've heard that, that, that behavior seems to come up all the time, that they do take a, a, a really acute interest in what we're doing. And I suppose when you're out, <laughs> you're you live your life in the woods. Sticks are only fun for a while, and then you you need some kind of stimulus. So I'm sure we are some kind of mental stimulus for them, just coming around and and we're something to do. Yeah, yeah, we're we're um we're we're pretty uh, curious ourselves, but they're yeah they I'm sure they find us to be fascinating. Yeah. Now, did the did the forest ever go like dead quiet like you always hear? The forest went quiet. I think it might have gone quiet in my head, but I don't think I was that observant <laughs> to notice if it went quiet. Sure. Well, you know, I, I've I've experienced the whole forest going quiet thing, and and without seeing what was there that made it go quiet, and and I knew it wasn't me, but um, because after a while, slowly, the forest came back to life. Like even the crickets, 
Now, that's, I think, the part that freaked me out the most. Is, and you hear that so many times in claims, like the forest went quiet. You're not even the bugs made noise. And I was like, well, what do bugs know? I mean, they're just these little things that are like eat, you know, die, and that's about it. That's the only mental thing they got cooking. But I, I could, didn't know how to conceptualize. What is it like when the forest goes quiet? But uh, it, just a little side note story. Uh, I live in the north tip of Idaho, up in the up in the the cabinets and Selkirk Mountains up here. And a friend of mine uh, was out of town, and his wife and small child were alone at their mountain home. And she called me and said something's going on. I don't know what's going on. The the they have a German Shepherd. The dog was going crazy just wouldn't quit barking and, and nothing she could do. And it just wouldn't be soothed. It was all agitated about something. And she said, could you come up? And it's about a 20 minute drive, but I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll come up, take a look around. So I get up there and, and you know, I didn't have, I had like nothing to defend myself with. I'm just me and my car. So I, you know, I grab a stick and uh, I get the dog and he stops barking. And once he stopped barking, I knew what that meant. It was like, the only thing I can I can compare it to is like the nature was holding its breath. Nothing, no frogs, no no crickets, no any kind of noise. It was just dead, and there's just this this, this impending weight to it. And I just stayed and walked around the house and you know with a flashlight trying to see if I could see anything. Never did, but it was about you know ten minutes after getting there suddenly. A few crickets started chirping, and then, the, you know, in the distance, the frogs came back, and, and it was like suddenly everything came back to life, and I was like, oh, my God, that was really weird. But I, I still don't know what did it, but at least I understand what that's like. Do you, not to put you on the, on the, uh, on the seat, but do you think that has something to do with uh, what something, something people always seem to mention is uh, infrasound? Do you think that has something to do with why Maybe. Things go go silent. That's a good point, you know. And I never would have thought of, thought of that, but you're right. Um, maybe that's what makes all, all those things go quiet, uh, and that would make sense to me uh, because, uh, you know, again, how would the cricket know to shut up? I mean, <laughs> they they they've got an awareness of like three inches around their body, and that's about it. But if it was if it was hit with infrasound, you're right. Maybe that would do it, huh? That's a good point. I've I've heard very few stories about infrasound. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know much about it, but I, you know, like most Bigfoot fans out there, you know, I've listened to different personalities tell their stories, and infrasound seems to come up on occasion. Um, I think it's something that they say that elephants have yes, the capability tigers. of. Yep. Maybe tigers. Yep, tigers you know, and elephants. Yep. Right. And uh, I just, I don't know much about it. I do know it's in a certain frequency mm -hmm. and obviously you, you can't hear it, right. you can't, but, but you can feel it. And I would imagine maybe it's possible that insects could feel it. Yeah, that's a good point. Very good point. Because that, now that's the first time anything's ever made sense to me. So in, in all the years of hearing that, I never did put that equation together, but very, you know, good point. Excellent point. Yeah, that could very well be. Um, but whatever it is, I mean, it's freaky. Uh, I, I don't think I was there when that happened, but I, and the dog sure didn't quite, <laughs> which I, you know, I thought was a little different because w whatever was going on, he just was not going to be soothed. And maybe it was because he was outside and, and felt incredibly vulnerable and there was no, nothing left for him to do except make a lot of noise. Um, but, awesome. yeah, but weird, weird story. Now, um, you know, in in doing in doing this in doing what you're doing and in hearing all 
the stories that you've heard. Has your has your opinion of what you know, quote unquote, Bigfoot is evolved through the years? I think I've, I think I believe that they're an opportunist, uh, meaning that they will hang around us, watch us, and you know maybe if they can uh, take something away from it, they will. Like if it was say. Um, I don't want to say tease us, but if they want to intimidate us, mm-hmm. if they want to go dumpster diving, um, if they want to take something that makes them, uh, you know, they become curious from it and they may want to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a story you and I were talking about earlier that uh, called a terrifying Bigfoot encounter. Uh, a witness uh, who shared his story and it just seemed also fantastic to me. I, I really... I really liked hearing it, but um, it uh, was about a guy who lived on the property with his father. He'd he'd gone away to college. He'd he'd you know he'd gone and kind of made up a, uh, a new life for him outside of the the property and um, got divorced, got married, came back. You know, had a situation where he just you know he his dad was you know fairly wealthy and and you know said just come back and live here with me and you know we'll take care of your son and. Sure. And we'll all just, you know, just be the guys and we'll, we'll hang out here and life will be good. And, and that's what he was planning on doing. He'd, he'd made some money and he was trying to build a house and he'd had trees cleared down and it, it, everything kind of seemed to be coming together. And then, uh, he kind of had a reflection on some teepee structures that were built on the property or that were on the property when he was a little kid and, uh, People had, or workers had seen the structures, workers had seen, uh, excuse me, had heard um, of noises coming from the woods. And one of the gentlemen, one of the contractors, uh, I guess he grew up in Brazil, I believe it was, and he had heard similar noises and he called it the Mapinguari. And he told the story to, to the guy, Terry, who had had the uh, encounter mm-hmm. about the similarities and he's like, if I were you, you know, I know you've spent X amount of money, but if I were you, I'd either want to build my house somewhere else or maybe not build at all. He's like, these things desire deserve to be left alone or they'll cause all kinds of trouble for you. I have experience. And he told his story mm-hmm. and, um, uh, Terry, I think was very, uh, adamant on having his property and doing what he wanted to do. And, sure. uh, didn't really believe it. Um, you know, he grew up on the property with his other brother and they never experienced anything, although they did see the teepee structures, but you know, mm-hmm. they didn't, didn't, didn't encounter anything. So, um, it was later that I believe he, and, and I, again, I, there's a lot of, um, uh, I've, this story has been around for a few years. I had it on Blue Ridge Bigfoot and then I had it over on Bigfoot's wilderness. And, um, uh, I haven't listened to it in a while, but just from what I can remember, um, he tried to do a little camp out night with his son and they ended up getting dragged. Uh, they were in the, in the tent, uh, I guess after they'd had dinner, they were in the tent and they were going, going to sleep and something literally grabbed one end of the tent and just started uh, running with it across oh, no. uh, the big open yard. Oh. And, um, so they were getting thrown around, jumbled up and down and, 
you know, he was pretty, pretty scared by the whole thing. And he ended up, um, you know, him and his son, you know, climbing out of the tent and running into the dad's house, uh, the, uh Terry's father's house mm-hmm. and like just sitting in the house, you know, the, the Terry was sitting at the front door or the kitchen door or one of the doors looking out just like with his dad's handgun, just like, you know, waiting for something to come or, right. He wasn't sure what did it. He thought maybe, you know, there were trespassers, there were, you know, vandals or something. He had no idea, but you know, he, he just couldn't believe what was happening. So I guess after a while he, you know, kind of put two and two together and he saw that this was a potential problem, especially after what the contractor had said. And he wanted to, um, I almost want to say extract his revenge, but maybe in a more of a, more in a way of a, uh, a person would want to get rid of a pest. Uh huh. Okay. So he got a couple of his buddies together with guns. They mm-hmm. went to the property, uh, that he was having cleared out where his house was or house was going to be built. And they went back into the woods. Um, and they had a confrontation. Um, and it turned out that there wasn't just one Bigfoot or two Bigfoot, but there were several. Oh, jeez. And they, they actually, in some sort of a crude way, kind of fanned out around these guys with guns. They didn't, uh, apparently, um, didn't like the idea of the guns, but didn't necessarily create any violence either. They, I think the sheer number, mm-hmm. and there must have been more than, you know, I think there was more than five. Wow. And, and they, they, you know, they kind of, I guess, kind of blend into the shadows, but you knew they were there. Uh-huh. And um, I believe the brother um, was hit. And he kind of, he kind of crumpled, hit, hit with a rock. Oh, wow. And, and they ended up pulling him out. And as he was trying to um, kind of keep everybody from leaving, you know, mm-hmm. keeping their guns trained on, on these animals, on these creatures, um, most of them had just booked it out. Like they just got out there. They were, yeah. they were, they were not expecting what they were going to, you know, going to end up having to, uh, to see. So, uh, it kind of, I guess the whole little plan kind of fell apart. Uh, Terry decided that, uh, I guess at some later point that he just wouldn't build there. I guess whatever amount of money he'd spent, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess he lost it. <laughs> but, uh, he told me the story and it was, um, it was, I, I can't remember off the top of my head what year it was, but you know, he, I think they just like, added on to his dad's house and just decided to do that. His dad passed away and they just stayed in that house. And I think he still lives there to this day. Wow. Um, I know there were, you know, from what he said, you know, there were stacks of trees falling, you know, trees that had been cut and sure. stacked. And mm-hmm. I'm sure he turned that into firewood, but, but he never <laughs> lived in that spot. And, um, I haven't talked to him in four or five years. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know what, what really came of it, but I'm one of these pesky people that and I keep emailing people, you know, Hey, you know, Hey, it's, it's Mike. Oh, just yeah. checking on you. How you doing? What's going on? Anything happen? And haven't heard back from him. So I think maybe he's just done with, done with telling the story, but he sure. was, um, he was, he was, of. Uh, he, he, he talked to me for three, four hours and, wow. uh, it was, it was long and he had so much to say. And there's a lot of things I, I couldn't put on there, but, sure. um, he, he was very, upset and uh i can't imagine yeah what how frequent I mean, would that be 
to- total intimidation. Yeah. You know, they were, they were just, I mean, they were begging him to leave. Like the, literally like, I'm going to take your tent. I'm going to take whatever I can. And I'm going to get you out of here. I'm going to surround you. Like I'm going to, you're going to get the point. You're going to leave. Yeah. And, and in a way they guess he kind of did. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's got to be unreal. That's a whole wall of reality slapping you right in the face. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I don't know what it is about um, Bedford County or, or I guess it's around the Lynchburg area, mm-hmm. Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, but there have been a ton of reported sightings. There, there was a reported sighting right outside of Lynchburg College by a lake. There's a park right by the lake and, and numerous people have reported sightings over there. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about Southwest Virginia, but there seems to be a lot of, a lot of, a lot of sightings. Well, now I got to ask you because that's a, that's kind of one of my pet theories is that, you know, basically I, I assume that these things probably take up a range uh, of, of land uh, that they may, they may semi-migrate through throughout the year, depending on what's going on and when. Like they may go higher in elevation during the summer months and come down in the in the winter months or whatever. But um, due to continued encroachments of of our civilization into uh, more and more land, I, I think that they may very well just be acclimating to the fact that we're there now. But uh, you know, and they're and possibly they're finding that. There's a lot of low-hanging fruit around us. In other words, the, you know, as wasteful as we are, as you know, as much as as we discard and throw away things that are probably very, very palatable and good for them, uh, they probably can glean a, a pretty, pretty easy existence around us if they can, you know, just remain around us. And I think that perhaps some of them are doing that. That they're not necessarily fleeing from people anymore or as much or maybe they just can't because there's nowhere to go so they just live around us do you think that's possible yeah i I sure do i i think that they are opportunists but i think we made them opportunists yes i i would agree with that wholeheartedly i think you're right on it um because you know just all of the sightings people are citing them i've heard claims and i i don't know what to make of this i can't uh, you know authenticate any of it but there's been uh claims i've heard where they are have been seen in houses in detroit those some of those abandoned houses that are all over detroit that people claim to have seen bigfoot now again i, I don't know that that's that that's any kind of factual uh, claim at all but if it is could that be an example of them just living around us? And, you know, I mean, we, we, because we, we as, as people seem to have just such tunnel vision, you know, we, we are conditioned to the speed of our lives. And, you know, we look at our phones, we look at our schedules, we look at, you know, we're going here or there, but we're never really where we are, you know. And so, <laughs> as well as, as, as adept as these things are at hiding, I don't think they would have much trouble avoiding us, even in, even in our own backyards. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I think that Bigfoot could potentially be a lot closer than we think. Um, I have a good friend of mine who is a researcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't claim to be one, sure, but I do go out. I go hiking trails. Um, he has opened my eyes to trees that are literally falling uphill. Trees don't fall uphill. Trees <laughs> fall downhill. That's a good um, point. He he showed me arcs. Uh, I I think I called it McDonald's the other day. That we walked into a section where it there must have been fifteen arches <clears throat> just pulled over, and they were pulled and then put tucked under under heavy limbs. Wow! I, I I've never I, you know I I don't 
I, I obviously saw it with my own eyes and I recognized it and I said, that's just not normal. That doesn't happen. How does somebody pull a tree down, pull it over and then right. anchor it under a heavier tree? That's just, that's just not natural. The, the, the heavy tree did not fall and pull those trees down and turn them all into arches. Right. Something did that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and he, he's, uh, we've gone on many, many hikes and we've seen lots of unusual things. Uh, and this is all around central Virginia. Wow. And uh, you, you don't have to go that far. Um, I have on recording, um, tree knocks or actually it sounded more to me. It sounded more like a, a, a rock the size of your twice the size of your fist being banged against a tree. Oh, wow. And, and, and I, you know, it, it was continuous and, uh, we never heard a whoop, but we did hear the continual tree knocking and I was able to catch it on my phone. Oh. <clears throat> and it was, it was, it was, it, it was kind of surreal. Like I yeah. just couldn't believe it. I just, it's, I found prints as well. And, and I reach down on the ground and put your fingers in those toes and you're just like, Oh my God, I, I can't <laughs> believe that's real. I can't believe that's real. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's kind of <laughs> redefining what it means to research because you can maybe just go around your, your local urban area and research about as effectively as you can go out to the, you know, the, the Sierras in California. Uh, they, they just seem to be around everywhere, but that's just really incredible. Uh, I tell you what, brother, it's been a, 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 I, you know, I know you and I could talk for hours and hours and hours, and I, I hope you'll agree to come back and do this again with me because there's still a lot of ground to cover, but uh, the time has just flown. We've already been at this about 50 minutes. Wow. <laughs> I, um, I, I've definitely enjoyed it. Um, I, I really like your shows. I've, I've listened to several, <clears throat> I have to say, please don't take offense, but I typically look for the Bigfoot ones. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. No offense taken. I understand. It's just, it, it's just, it's my laser like focus. That's what I focus on. <laughs> and, and speaking of, of Bigfoot, um, if, if, uh, if any of your fans or followers are out there on Instagram, um, this is not a plug for me. This is a, if you like the Bigfoot art, the hashtag Bigfoot art, or you, you're looking for images of Bigfoot, there are some extremely talented people out there that draw and um, have a great idea of what a Bigfoot looks like. And it looks similar to what I saw. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not, not here to plug anybody, but oh, uh, there, there is one guy who's really fantastic. His name is Jonathan Dodd. Okay. And I think his Instagram is Jonathan Dodd underscore, um, Jonathan Dodd, Dodd underscore draws. Jonathan okay. Dodd, D-O-D-D. -D. Yeah. And, um, you know, some people can draw cartoons really good. Some mm -hmm. people can draw uh, facial detail really good, you know, like make it look like a lifelike picture. Sure. Um, but so, and other people can just draw almost like they saw what you saw. And, and he, uh, he has that talent. Um, I think it's, it's, it's great to, to, to be diverse and, and, and look at all the things out there. But sometimes the story gets brought together better with a picture. Yeah. And, I, uh, I always appreciate that. I, yeah, and please plug anything you want. In fact, could you take a couple minutes and plug yourself? Let people know how to stay in touch with you and what you're doing. Oh, sure. Um, so I, I, I'm not, I've not stopped creating a, with my database of what I have, but if you're interested and you want to share your story, um, you can go to bigfootswilderness at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at bigfootswilderness or you can go to my website. Uh, bigfootswilderness.com. It's pretty easy. 
<laughs> so that, those are those are the places. And of course, I'm on Spreaker. Um, but you can go to any podcast platform and just type in Bigfoot's Wilderness Podcast, just like you can with with uh, Paranormal Portal. <laughs> and and then you can find me and you can leave me a message if you like. Um, you know, I, I'm not huge into the UFOs and all those things that people claim that Bigfoot are. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I will try to keep an open mind, but I, I, I don't necessarily find a lot of people telling me stories like that, although – Sometimes they do get sensationalized on other, sure. on other podcasts, but I, I don't, I'm not saying I don't believe it. I just don't get a lot of it. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. And, and, uh, you know, honestly, that's one of the, one of the things in my own personal evolution is that when I started, I was like, Bigfoot's a, a very adept, smart, uh, being maybe a hominid, maybe an animal, but it's just been really successful at avoiding us. But after talking to so many witnesses, I have to admit they're seeing something, uh, you know, having ta- spoken to so many, they're, they're seeing something they can't explain. And, and while they may not know exactly what they are, it seems that there might be some elements that we sure don't understand. But I'm with you. I, I don't know what to do with that yet, but I'm acknowledging that there's a lot I don't know and I can't be sure that they, you know, that there isn't some supernatural element or not. But I'm just not willing to, ready to cross that bridge quite yet. But I have an open mind to it for sure. <laughs> yeah, you're you're smart. You're smart to uh, to take it in stages, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was like a baptism by fire, though. I guess I gotta admit, the first few claims, I was like, no, come on, no, really. Uh, but hearing the uh, hearing the emotion in the voices, hearing the sincerity in their stories, you know, I can't. I mean, what kind of a? You know, I'd have to be some kind of arrogant prick to say, no, you did not see that. You know, they saw something, and uh, I can't discount that. So. Uh, you know, it's, it's like anything though. I think our, our opinions always involve, evolve the more information we get. So, uh, just some of the information I wasn't ready for, but it's definitely shaped my opinions. Definitely. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a one cryptid kind of person. Uh, <laughs> I, I stick, I stick with Bigfoot because it's the thing I understand the most from reading all these, uh, stories and reports and, and, you know, even listening to, to yours and, to other people that have podcasts, I, I really, I, I, I really focus in on the stories. <clears throat> I like the stories more than anything because people who research typically say they're kind of repeating the same thing we already know. Mm-hmm. The stories are what make them unique, though. Yes, absolutely. Well, Mike, thank you so much, man. It's been an absolute pleasure to meet you, have this dialogue with you, and uh, we'll definitely get you back on and we'll do it again. Thanks, Brent. Thanks so much for bringing me on. I really do appreciate it. Oh, it's been my pleasure, man. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. We got hundreds of shows in our uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the paranormal portal. So I hope you'll check it uh, check it out, guys. We're over there at YouTube.com/slash/paranormalportal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good. Be kind. Be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody. <laughs>